0: Welcome back to At The Chalkboard Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. I think this is going to be our first episode. I may lie on that and make something else our first episode because I have about three in the can right now. Today, we have something a little bit different. Generally, this is a podcast about teachers talking about teaching. Today, we get to interview some former students. Two of them were my former students, and then we have somebody who I didn't get to influence whatsoever other than with witty jokes and comments. And what I am asking them today is what is it you wish your teachers would have taught you going into college and beyond? You guys have been out for two years. I've been out for two I've years. I've
1: been out for three years. Two
0: years, three years, one year. One year. Man, I couldn't have uh, planned that better. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay. So I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves, starting with you. All
2: right. Um, I'm Emily. And I graduated high school in 2013, and I go to Seattle Pacific University now,
1: where I am a senior.
0: Wow, senior year already. Time flies when you rapidly age.
1: Amanda. Um, I'm Amanda, as you just mentioned. Sorry. I graduated in 2014, and I go to University of Washington. I'm entering my junior year.
0: All right.
3: I'm a May. Uh, I finished school last year in 2015. I was fooling around at BC for a little bit. For like the past year. Yeah.
0: And exploring other options at the moment, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm Nick Shermire, your host, as always, or at least for now. Maybe I can pawn this off on somebody else for a couple episodes, but I certainly doubt it. And I'm a teacher at Issaquah High School. So we'll get started because I really want to know about what you guys have been up to. Uh, what did it feel like to be in college after high school?
2: I don't know if a lot of people knew this about me, but I really didn't want to go to college and I didn't want to be there. And um, my plan was to go for one quarter and then tell my parents how much I hated it and come home and find something else to do. But um, once I met my first group of friends at college and kind of found my place and my position there, I just completely fell in love with it. Um, I loved having my own freedom. I loved being able to do things when I wanted to. I loved being able to pick my own classes. Uh, And as scary as it was, it ended up being definitely the right decision so
0: I mean that's good is a scary transition from high school to college yeah
2: it's completely different and everything you've ever known is kind of thrown out the window and you have to learn all new things so
0: and you were always pretty close with your parents weren't you
2: uh, yeah, I mean, on and off. We have our good times. We have our bad times. So
0: I think that's, for teenagers, I think that's considered good. Yeah. <laughs> for me, college was running away from my parents as fast as I possibly could.
2: <laughs> well, and I mean, that's kind of what it turned into after I was there for a while. It was kind of, now I don't want to go home at all. I never want to go home, so.
0: Well, good. Just move to the other side of the country and work for me. <laughs> Amanda.
1: College was kind of weird at first because I didn't have to tell anyone when I'd be home or what I was doing. Like, my parents didn't over-parent me, but they kept track of where I was at the day or week, whatever. It was was weird making decisions for myself without consulting anyone. Um, And then the social aspect was really cool because everyone is so new and, like, in the same situation as you. Like, they left home, they want to meet people, explore new things. That was really exciting.
0: And you joined a sorority, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. I thought no. you did. Okay, because I remember talking to you way, way early on, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you were gonna do like an engineering. You were in an. En- you're an I, engineering well, program, yeah? yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm in engineering, and I was in an engineering sorority, but it wasn't okay. part of like Greek, like UW Greek life. Um, okay. But I'm not in that anymore.
0: And in use, so that you have some a, a situation that's slightly different how does it compare to being in high school? How do you feel now? I definitely
3: wanted to not do school for at least a year, mm-hmm. but my mom was very adamant on doing something so that I would stay in the habit of it. And I took two classes that were really fun. It was a poetry class and then a creative writing class. And uh, that's where I really decided where I, that I wanted to write. So I figured it out eventually. Do you think you go back to school for like a writing program or? Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um, right now I just want to take a break and write stuff yeah where that gets me you know what i i
0: I can't recommend that enough for people who are kind of like on the fence about stuff i think it's so um people are very afraid of like not going right into college because they're afraid of losing momentum but i think stopping sometimes taking a breath and discovering what it is you really want to do is is really that's my advice what i want to know from you guys today is what should our advice have been so what are some of your favorite things college provides that high school didn't and this can be academic things it could be social things it could be the facilities that they offer anything at all what do you, what's different?
1: I think college is a lot more diverse maybe I'm just saying that because I grew up in Issaquah and go to UW <laughs> which has like 40,000 people and international students and people from all over the country but aside from that like there are so many different opportunities for classes like you can take Archaeology, or painting, and piano, and most advanced physics classes you can ever imagine, kind of thing. Um, And there's so many different clubs. I think we have over 600 um, like dancing clubs, cultural clubs, and so many different things to explore. Um, So I think that is really cool about college.
0: Have you ended up joining any of those clubs or doing any of the kind of social stuff? Or
1: yeah, I (laughs) will. Of course, I'm in a bunch of engineering clubs, so I don't think I have a very diverse spread of extracurricular activities. So basically, Um, you
0: take engineering classes and then you go hang out with engineering kids and do engineering fun stuff?
1: Yeah, like I work in a lab with like seven PhD students in engineering and then go do engineering extracurriculars. But I mean, no, but aside from that, like there's a bunch of service things that I like doing. Like I mentor, High school students in low-resource settings, part of hiking club, we get to go hiking with a bunch of different people. Yeah,
0: feel a little behind.
2: Goodness.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I don't do
2: a whole bunch of clubs either, so...
0: <laughs> do you, I mean, so SPU is a much smaller school than yeah. UW is. Uh, is there stuff that you still do on campus that, you know, certainly wasn't available for you in high school?
2: I mean, I'm starting research my research assistantship in the fall, which is going to be really exciting. I'm very excited for that. And Gosh, there... did I
0: ask you what it is you're studying? I don't think um, I asked that yet. No. Good God. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah,
2: I'm a psychology major, so. Okay. Yeah, I get to start working in a lab in the fall. But I, I guess I haven't really taken advantage of the opportunities on campus as much as I could. Just because my dorm life was so vibrant and so alive that I didn't really feel the need to connect outside of my dorm. So that's where all my friends were and like where I did all my activities. And I joined the hall council there and I was on leadership. So
0: so like living living on campus, live, doing the dorm thing was obviously much different than what high school is yeah. in a lot of ways. And that ended up being a lot of your part of your social...
2: Yeah, and I think, I think that's something that was definitely unique to the smaller private school setting because I talked to my other friends who went to the larger public schools and they didn't have quite the same experience, but I was in a very small dorm and we all hung out all the time and they always had events going on and it just it felt like home.
0: I actually got kicked out of the dorms after my freshman year. Did I ever tell you guys that? <laughs> no. Uh, my, the dormitory I was in had one of the world's longest escalators in the United States of America. <laughs> they
1: were and escalators.
0: Escalators, yeah. You know, Not like stairs, but escalators. Not escalators. Uh, and they were, like, something like 200 feet, long, like, long. Just really, really long escalators. And I was on the mountain bike team at the time, <laughs> and I insisted on riding down the escalators on a mountain bike, which was considered a no-no. <laughs> and I might have been feral at the time, like foaming at the mouth, not very not very good about sharing space or being very human. So yeah, I ended up getting kicked out. So I, I lived in an apartment then. So did you do dorms then for two years?
2: Yeah, I was in the dorms for two years, which is very typical at the smaller school. I lost my train of thought. Dorms. So it's pretty
0: normal in a small school? Oh yeah,
2: it's really normal in a small school to live in the dorms for two years as opposed to just one. And I would, like I said, I joined the hall council my second year, so I got to be more involved in, like, the planning and welcoming in the new freshmen and helping give them the same experience
1: that I had, so. Yeah, I wish I would have been in the dorms for two years, because I really enjoyed it and had a good experience, too. Granted, I got written up a lot, because I talk really loud. (laughs) Really? They were really strict. You got written up? Yeah, like, I don't have to go on an escalator with a bike and such. Like, I was in the study room once, and someone knocked, and... I said hi, and then the RA walked by, and I was like, I can hear you from down the hall. You're talking too loud. People are trying to study. I'm like, I'm in the study room. I think,
2: yeah. I, I, think I got in trouble once because I was on the boys' floor at like 12.05 a.m. We weren't supposed to be there after 12. SPU wow.
0: was fairly strict from what from what yeah. I've heard, though I hear they're less strict than they used to be.
2: Yeah, we actually, uh, one of our big points of pride in the past year or two was that we actually made Haven, which is the LGBTQ club, it's an official on-campus club now. So it's definitely moving towards a more welcoming and opening kind of attitude.
3: Oh, I think one of the most underrated parts about going to school after high school is that you can almost make your schedule. At BC, I would go maybe two times a week. I'd sit there for four hours, and then I'd leave. And it was nice.
0: It's more the case the the further you get in school, too, from what I remember. And the funny thing was, is freshman year, all I wanted was afternoon classes. And then by senior year, when I could finally get those afternoon classes, you know, so all I wanted was afternoon classes, and all I would get were morning classes. And by senior year, because I wanted to work a job, all I wanted was morning classes. <laughs> <laughs> and I could actually get those morning classes. So I guess that's in the right direction. So for you, Amea, you, you have a slightly different situation. Are, oh, yeah. You're still living with your folks, I'm assuming? Yes. I mean, so is it? There was a
3: time where I was thinking about moving out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I was just not responsible enough <laughs> to manage my money to move out.
0: That is That is a good thing to know about yourself. Uh, have you noticed that your relationship with your parents has changed at all since you've been out of high school or does it still feel, um, it's, it's definitely changed.
3: They've become a bit more overbearing now. More. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very strange because they don't necessarily ask what I'm doing or where, where I am. Mm-hmm. As just- long as I'm doing what they think I should be doing. <laughs> Like, if they think I should be at school for a certain amount of time, I'm probably going to have to sign up for classes to be at school that amount of time. Okay. Yeah. So, it's not like high school where you go to school from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's uh, it's a little more strict than that. You have to be at school for, like, five hours. And you have to go work. You have to go do all of these things. Um.
0: They're asking a lot more than they were when I was in high school. Oh, man. That I would get that, yeah, they were like, "Wait till he's eighteen, and then eighteen he's out of the house, and now you're still there, and they're like, Oh
3: i'm act- I actually think they're pretty happy with me still being there,, mm-hmm. um, I think they like seeing my face around. that's probably the biggest reason that's good that's, that's good. it, I if your parents still like you, that's a positive, <laughs> um, my dad not so much anymore, but my mom's still on board. <laughs> on the ma train oh yeah no my mom's very much on the ma train but i think my dad hopped off a couple months ago yeah <laughs> he will be, be back hopefully hopefully i haven't mean, talked to him in a while oh no <laughs> and he live in the same house
0: though so it's a little it's a little rough there so for you you've already started trying to talk about some of these difficult adaptations going into post high school let's say right the the kind of relationship with your parents you're finding it is changing a little bit um, for you guys, Emily, Amanda, what are some of the what were some of the harder adaptations you guys found? What were some of the harder changes?
2: I definitely had trouble adjusting to the quarter system, um, which I've heard is completely different from the semester system, but in the quarter system, you go to your first day of class, they briefly go over the syllabus and tell you to read it more in depth on your own, and then they just jump into chapter 1 and from that day on, every time you have class, you're expected to have a whole chapter of your textbook read. So it ends up being like 70 to 100 pages of reading for each class that you have to do every two days. Um, and it, it wasn't what I expected jumping into college right away because I had thought there would be a lot more free time than there was. Um, and I had to, had to learn how to pull myself away from things to get school work done that I needed to get done. It was very fast paced.
0: Television does a terrible job of depicting what college is like. <laughs> I remember seeing movies and thinking that, like, oh, it's all just partying and hanging out. And then the reality is, is the kids that just party and hang, hang out are usually gone by the end of freshman year.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. For you, what do you feel like was some of the hardest stuff, Amanda?
1: Um, see, in contrast for me, like, I love being busy and I think I work better being busy. So I think college was great because there were so many different things going on. But I think that said, it was hard to make time for myself because no one was there telling me like, step back, it's okay, like, you can relax a bit. So things like working out kind of left my schedule, which was hard. Or like, I find it really hard to find time to cook for myself too. Like, that's something like, I, I don't know, my parents were great and my mom made breakfast for me and I like, packed my lunch and stuff. So maybe I was really fortunate in that sense. But um, integrating that in to my schedule is hard. And then like, you're also limited on campus to where you can walk. So not having a car—that sounds totally spoiled as that comes out of my mouth—but that was kind of hard because it was like, oh, I have to go to the groceries and go to the grocery store and pick something up, or like I need this for class and you can't get it. So
0: U Street corridor though has most everything. That,
1: yeah, that has a lot of stuff. But.
0: but I mean, you don't have access to the rest of the city real easily,
1: right? I mean, now they have the light rail, so that's great. But if you wanted to go downtown, but
0: that's true. Yeah, you have the light rail station that mm-hmm. takes you just about anywhere.
1: Right. But yeah. I mean, they jack up the prices at the bookstore and like the market and stuff. So if you want like fruit or something, it's like ten dollars. So, oh
3: God, ten dollars?
1: That's an exaggeration. Okay, and okay. <laughs> it, it, it's like a more expensive than it should be. So it was
2: even worse at SPU because it was the closest grocery store was like a thirty-minute walk away
0: at the top of the yeah. Queen at, Anne Yeah, Hill, at the right? top of
2: Queen Anne, yeah. I had to walk all the way up there. So if you wanted to do anything, oh, the closest coffee shop was a 10-minute walk away. Like, uh-huh. if you wanted to do, do anything, you had to plan ahead. So Wow.
0: Yeah. You have over there at SPU. I guess there's a Tully's down the street, but Tully's is disgusting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so is our on-campus coffee. <laughs>
0: yeah. You have a good brewery down the street, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, which one?
0: Uh, Rooftop Brewing. Just west on
2: Nickerson. Nickerson. Is that down
0: almost toward the Ballard Bridge.
2: Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. it's
0: right before the Ballard Bridge on Nickerson. Okay. Uh, and they have a, there's a coffee roaster there, so they do beer, but also beer with coffee. So you can get your up and your down at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so nothing happens.
0: Nothing happens. You're <laughs> yeah. fine. I think that's how that works, right? <laughs> they just cancel each other out. Oh, man.
2: That's why people get crossed, right?
0: Oh, right. gosh. And there used to be a really, really fancy restaurant across the street, the book bindery, but then they closed. So I don't know um, what's in there right now. Yeah. I think it's still the winery, though. I don't know if you could go study at a winery. That would be a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a weird empty half of the hill.
2: That's why I moved to U District, because it's like there's way more going on. So. Mm-hmm.
3: I was lucky enough to never get on coffee during high school. So, I mean, I wake up tired,
0: but... Yeah, I'm consistently tired. <laughs> There's no up and down for you. <laughs> exactly. There's no cycle. I did the opposite when I was in high school. I didn't drink any coffee in high school, and then when I got to college, I was I by the end of freshman year, it was like a pot of coffee a day, and then I tried to do cold turkey my sophomore year. Oh, God. And just oh. now, am I like, oh, you know what? It's okay if I have a half calf every once in a while. <laughs> it won't destroy me. I won't have to turn in my caffeinated. Uh, anonymous chip or anything like that.
1: I still haven't gotten on the coffee train.
3: Awesome. I'm
1: trying to resist. But.
3: I did end up hopping off the breakfast train though. Mm-hmm. But like my mom used to cook me breakfast in the morning. I'd get like pancakes or, you know, something that she oh, would you guys put, had nice
2: moms, right? No, I know <laughs> I <had> cold cereal.
3: <laughs> um, and she would like, she'd make a milkshake or like smoothies and all of that. And now I get a bagel on the counter and then she leaves for
0: work. It's not bad. It's it's time that you, if you want to make your own milkshake or your pancakes, you can. If my mom had fed me pancakes, I was already a big kid. If my mom had fed me pancakes and milkshakes every morning, I wouldn't be able to get out the door. would be <laughs> enormous. <Yeah. laughs> oh I mean, man. I made pancakes the other day, but that was
3: because I had someone sleep over the night before. And then we woke up and I was like, hey, do you want me to make pancakes? And they said, yeah. And so I made pancakes for the first time by myself.
0: I feel like it's an adventure. College 101 dishes are always like spaghetti.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pancakes. I love
3: spaghetti.
2: No spaghetti in a coffee pot. What? Eggs, eggs in, a in, in the pot. microwave. Oh wow. What? Yeah.
3: You guys are on some like
2: I mean, not next I level stuff now, here. But...
3: I'm still I'm still on bread and bread and butter.
2: Because we weren't allowed to have like hot plates and stuff, and hot plates and microwaves we couldn't have in our dorms. What? So all we could have was a coffee maker. Sounds like jail. You can get yeah. a lot of things <laughs>
3: on coffee maker. Gosh, oh, no pockets?
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, I just, I yeah, my dormitory life is all just garbage food, and then I cooked exclusively. Yeah, I think spaghetti and pancakes. I think was pretty much what I lived on. And like, my favorite dish when I was when I was a sophomore, sophomore, uh, was rice spaghetti sauce and like pre-cooked chicken in a tortilla can't knock on rice though
1: quality burrito
0: yeah i don't know what it was like some sort of <laughs> italian mexican version maybe I could, had i just developed that i could have stumbled on something that would have just been amazing uh maybe you could have started an italian mexican restaurant and yeah. just smashed those dishes together most of the things i did though was just horrify my roommates by the kinds of things that i would eat <laughs> just like what are you eating and i'm, I'm like pretty i don't know myself sometimes
3: by what I'm eating. Yeah.
2: Well, we actually had a really good cafeteria on campus, but by the end of freshman year, I was kind of over it because they would serve the same thing every night. But it mm-hmm. was like, it was like good food and it was like locally sourced and everything. But um, by my sophomore year, I, I would just like grab a sandwich because they had like to-go food and I'd just like grab a sandwich every day. And I was like, all yeah. oh, I ate. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> think
0: yeah, the, the go, to-go food is definitely an easy an easy fix in when you don't have the, the cafeterias. Did you guys end up doing the cafeterias? Probably freshman year, probably freshman and sophomore year for yeah. you, Emily.
2: But I, I cut down on my meal plan sophomore year. I had, like, 14 meals a week my freshman year, and I cut it down to 10 my sophomore year. So.
1: Good work. Yeah, we had the dining hall, but I managed to avoid it most of my freshman yeah. year. So we had a market and then like Trader Joe's. A little ways up the street, but... Yeah, it was worth going to because it's cheaper and better food.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we had a burrito bar, and that was the only thing oh that I gosh. could eat. I mean, it was
2: That's it great. was okay. The burrito bar it, was just
0: okay. It was okay, okay, but it was okay. It was leaps and bounds better than the rest of everything else.
3: That's fair. Yeah, I had pizza so. at BC once. Never again. I haven't eaten at BC since. You
1: can never <laughs> go wrong with pizza,
3: though. Well, they sort of do. Their crust is really, really bad. <laughs> And then their cheese is really like abnormally greasy and they put like this sweet sauce on there and it's just really, it's just not fun. It was a very It's a tough experience. combination
0: of textures and flavors.
3: Yeah. And I review pizzas. Do you do yeah, that? Yeah. I sort of, I go, I go into random pizza places that I haven't been to and I write reviews on the pizza that I got. Do you just do it for Yelp or do you no, I just do it from, scream it right out now, to them? Right now I'm doing it for myself, but okay. I definitely think I'm going to start a website or something. Yeah review pizzas on there I feel
0: that's valid yeah I
3: think I think Zeke's or Frankie's is the best place in Issaquah and then I really like Pachi's in Seattle
0: Pachi's is deep dish yeah no they're we've good. been to Pachi's in Seattle yeah they're good we just found a new place that I really like down in White Center called Proletariat Pizza now we were off topic but that's okay <laughs> um, that, that does a good thin crust pizza that I'm really excited about and we've done Pachi's a few times so that's been really good I, I always liked in Issaquah, What is it? The
2: Tutabella Flying Pie. Tutabella
0: is good. Is Flying Pie the one around front front yeah. street yeah. market? That yeah, was The good. one that's just like here's crust and some cheese, and then here's the rest of your toppings, and the toppings are like two inches off the pizza. Uh, maybe. Um, I, think I, that's
3: I don't that's remember a, I don't know. It being I that way, it was, but maybe. Okay. Yeah, No, I thought it was. More... I just remember
2: they had two dollar slices on Fridays. or something. Whoa. Or or five dollar slices on Fridays during lunchtime, just for the high school
1: students.
3: 5$. dollars. I
1: never knew about that. I don't no, know. I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought,
3: thought everyone would... knew about that. Everyone would go. <laughs> no, I thought it was I thought it No, it was 459 for a slice of cheese and a drink. That's what it was.
2: Okay. They might have changed so, it. Remember like $5 she's $5 oh, yeah, you're <laughs> way
0: older than you now. Not way older. 2 years isn't
3: that. I'm many. like
2: ancient, so. Ancient. Yeah.
0: yeah. She's she's like on the other side. Just, just the downhill slope. I can
2: see the end. <laughs> oh, sorry. No,
0: it's It's but, okay. The defeat has not Sean through your eyes yet, so
3: you're doing well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My next question was, where do you stumble? Where did where did you stumble or struggle? And I feel like we've kind of covered a lot of that already. Where you guys kind of felt like you were having tough, you know, stuff. Where getting used to the academic kind of speed, everything was going on. Getting used to the self care issues, (laughs) uh, and getting used to.
3: Just, just very being
0: there. Yeah. Just, no. just kind of like not necessarily knowing right away what you want to do and kind of moving into that. Okay. So, skipping that question, then <laughs> we'll get right on to it. To the heart of the matter, we taught you for four years, us teachers. I'm using a plural there. What is it we need to know? What is it? We'll, we'll break this down into pieces that you could issue very specific advice on what we need to be telling kids going into college so that they know or at least have heard at least once before they learn the hard way what college is like or what post high school is like what do we need to tell you kids about the academics what is it that you didn't hear
2: research papers are way more common than you would think. From, like I remember in high school, we'd have maybe one research paper a year and it'd be this huge deal. It'd be like a whole month or two month long project. And we'd have to, yeah. Um, in high school, they made it seem like this really big deal that would take a while. And it, it kind of made it seem like an intimidating thing. And then I got to college and I have to write two or three research papers, maybe four research papers a quarter. And when like I first heard that I was having a research paper and there were absolutely no guidelines, I just kind of freaked out for a second because... To me, this was this huge two-month-long ordeal, and I had two weeks to write one. And I think if if research papers had become more normalized throughout high school, then maybe I would have come to college better prepared to write research papers all the time. So, okay, that was a big one for me.
3: If you procrastinated, you might have we might have prepared for the two weeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I feel like in high school, even if you procrastinated, things were still due in steps. Like they'd be like turn in fifty note cards with facts on them. And you turn in your 50 note cards with facts on them and then be, they'd be like, turn in an outline and then you turn in your outline. So even if you procrastinated, like you were still kind of on track to finish. But then in college, it's like you have two weeks to write a detailed research paper and you have to find the articles all on, your, on your own. You have to pick your topic all on your own and everything's just like kind of up in the air and vague. So
0: That is a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we should take away some of the scaffolding on something like that earlier? Like by senior year, be saying to you guys, all right, go for it, or...
2: I wouldn't say necessarily take away the scaffolding right away, but kind of start to build up the... Maybe do more research papers through the year, like two maybe, instead of just one. And then kind of, for the second one, start to take away the scaffolding. Maybe just have have them turn in a rough draft and then their final paper instead of every step along the way. Okay. I don't know.
3: Yeah. That that would make it, a, that would make a lot more sense just because obviously in college, you're not required to hand in your notes and all of that yeah. stuff. Um,
2: and I think it would just kind of normalize it more and make it less of a daunting thing. Cause especially if you're in some kind of science major, you're going to have to write research papers all the time. So.
0: I was an English major, and I had to write research papers all the time. And there you go. Yeah. yeah oh, don't really tell just, me that. I remember I was. It was. I became like a ninja of research. I could go into and out of the library and come up with like twelve articles in an hour. Wow.
2: See, but now you don't even have to That's go into the library. You can just do it on your laptop. Yeah, you can do it on a yeah. laptop.
0: Yeah, it was like half and half when I was there. Okay. I was still having to go find like the collected copies. And I stuff. think
2: I've physically been in the library at SPU
1: four times, Oh, wow. maybe five. I don't go to the library to check out books. I literally just go to. For a study space oh yeah but no but my commentary on that question was similar to yours like writing is so 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 important like not even for research papers but like um scholarship essays that are super competitive was, you have to learn to write yeah. well like communication in general like even in my research lab you're constantly talking about the work that you did and technical work too so, more practice public speaking would be really good. Yeah. Um, coming into it. Writing, public speaking, um, even displaying things on a PowerPoint. Like, it's amazing. People still put paragraphs on PowerPoint. Yeah. And they expect you to read the whole thing. And I, I don't know. Um, communication is a huge thing, um, especially because people are so used to sitting behind a computer. And then on the note of like the structure and stuff, um, I think doing the step-by-step is good because it teaches people how you should approach doing a large-scale writing project in the future.
0: Now, on a completely, I'm going to follow up with that. Like mm-hmm. you said with the communication thing, which has always been something I've always really pushed is trying mm-hmm. to teach the communication stuff as clearly as I could. What kinds of things? You said a PowerPoint was something that you feel really needs to be covered more clearly in, in high school maybe. I mean Is there any other kinds of things
1: I feel like if you were to sit high schoolers down and be like here you need to make a PowerPoint they would just roll your eyes at you but really it, like if people have a presentation I don't I don't know what form like how this would work but giving them feedback on what was being conveyed in their slide and what they were saying and if it matched and if it was easy to follow because I found through research like you can have something written on the slide but you say something in a different way and then people are confused because it's really technical really specific details and a lot of numbers. And just, like, the order in which you present things as well. Not just, like, the physical slide, but making things very chronological. Like, making things as easy for people to follow as possible. Yeah. Because when you're busy in college and, like, you have meetings and stuff and you have places to go, like, no one wants to sit through. Like, I like I was just in an hour and a half meeting earlier. That should have been 45 minutes just because I think we jumping all over the place. I don't know if that totally answered your question. No, but.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so brevity. Yeah, I, I don't feel like we teach brevity very well. Sometimes we tell kids like write a lot, and then it's just like they're writing until they can't write anymore. And then we're never like okay, now cut it down to what actually matters. Yeah, we don't really teach that.
1: No, that's so so important because I find with like a lot of scholarship applications they give you a, like, a four hundred word limit or something. So you just have to write what you want to say and then cut, 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 cut. Yeah,
3: you got to use blanket
0: words at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was an adjustment for me when I was in college where you went from high school and teachers going, all your papers need to be at least so many pages to college where they said, all your papers need to be less than so many pages. And it was like such a mind shift.
2: And a lot of times it's like no more than four pages or something. And then it's, I mean, four pages is not a lot when they're double spaced and you have to really figure out what's important and... What you can cut out, you know, what's really necessary, and how can you phrase things differently to fit as much as you can into, you know, four pages while still making sense? So,
1: another note with, oh, sorry. No,
3: I, I was just going to say, I feel like you get, I feel like you end up doing a lot more research when you have a page limit rather than a page minimum, because when you have your research done for a page minimum, It's just for, I mean, for a lot of people, it was just that, you know, the minimum requirement for the pages. But then if there's a page maximum that's, you know, four to five pages, then they have to condense all that information. You know, so I think you over-research when you have a page minimum Mm -hmm. or a page limit, which is good.
1: That's a good point because a lot of, like, high school prompts are at least two pages. You can go more for the overachievers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was going to say about communication, too, I I guess communication, but um, also presenting yourself. Like, I'm just now learning tips on, like, networking type things for professional development and, like, carrying yourself with confidence and being able to tell people what you do in, like, a minute um, before they, they lose attention, I think, is really important for people, too.
0: God, yeah, we really don't do much of that at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if public
3: speaking is a required class, but... It should be be
1: mandatory. I I took public
2: speaking in college, and it was probably the most useless class I've taken because my professor, at the beginning of the quarter, handed us a list of speeches that we were going to give and then like what day we were each going to give each speech. And we'd come in and give our speech, and we didn't have to show up if we weren't presenting that day. And I remember giving my persuasive speech and looking in the back, and my professor was just sleeping.
3: Whoa, the wall. that's great. Oh
2: gosh. That's a great
0: so example. I only got an A-plus on that
3: one. I feel least. like
2: I want my money back.
3: <laughs> no, I think it should be required in high school. Yeah. Because um, I definitely know that if I didn't have public speaking with Miss Dean, that I wouldn't have gotten over some of the awkwardness when it comes to talking to people. I think I still talk pretty softly for the, for the most part. Softer than I think I am. Um, and I, And I think that class definitely helped get past that somewhat. And I know that did that for a lot of people who just wouldn't speak in public otherwise. I get that.
1: Or, I mean, people don't even have to take a class on it, but putting yourself in a situation where you're going to have to talk in front of people, yeah. like extracurricular activities or...
2: Or even just encouraging more group work in the classroom and more student-led discussion to to help students kind of find their place in that situation. And put, if you put them in that situation, then they're going how to learn how to better communicate uh, to their fellow students.
0: So. Cool. That's good stuff. Was there any study, would you would you pass on any study tips, like how to book time for studying or scheduling in po- the post-high school world that I should pass on to students?
2: Always start studying before you think you need to, especially if you're a procrastinator. Because if you think you need to start studying on Monday because your test is on Wednesday, then you're not going to study till Tuesday, and then that doesn't help at all. So always start studying before you think you need to, I think is
1: an important one. I think people also need to utilize office hours because a lot of people go in thinking oh the professors don't have time for me they're really busy or like TAs suck like they don't they're not good at explaining but I mean maybe it varies from school to school but I have found my TAs and professors like every single one pretty consistently to be very helpful and for the most part it'll be like me and maybe two other people like five tops and they're like no I like when people come visit like I want to know like where you guys are at like they actually they really do care about your learning and It helps you develop a stronger foundation in the material, I think. Yeah. It's really
0: good for networking, too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, for, like, recommendation letters and stuff. Because, I mean, if you're in a huge, like, hundred-person, couple hundred-person class, like, they're not going to know you and...
2: Yeah, and along that lines, like I really I actually have never been to office hours. Um and the reason I never went was cuz I would leave lecture and be like, I don't have any questions. Why would I go to office hours? Even though at the end of every class our professors always say, "Oh, I have office hours, you know, whatever time if you guys have any questions or you just want to come by and chat and um I really wish that I had because now I'm looking at graduating in March, and I barely know any of my professors, and I don't know who I can get recommendation letters from, and I don't know, you know, what to do with the people I do know, because they kind of know me, but I don't know if they know me well enough to write a letter of recommendation, so I... I really wish that I'd gone to office hours mm. more.
1: And for the thing you brought up about, like, not having questions, I think for future students, like, that, the advice to, like, after you have a class or when you have a chance as soon as possible, like, go through the material and come up with questions that you're going to yeah. have so you can address those. Um, or even
2: if you don't have a question, like, just go in and talk to your professor and say, hey, I was really fascinated by this in the lecture. Yeah. Could you tell me more about that? Could you go into more detail yeah, about that's a that? that's good one. That
0: yeah. is good. Oh, my gosh. I've never met a teacher that didn't love to talk, so it's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> (laughs) That's the secret, I think. Yeah. Okay. The social elements of college. I I often tell kids, you know, college nowadays is extremely expensive, and a lot of what you're paying for is not just education, but the kind of, like, being forced out of the house on your own um, and kind of learning the hard way. What is some advice about getting out of the house that that you would have, that, that you think would be a good thing for teachers to cover when talking to high school students?
3: I think I think the groups where you get paired up with people are actually better than the ones where you get to decide who you who you partner up with um just because you have that forced interaction and you're and you're forced to introduce yourself and meet new people pairs you for meeting new people in college.
2: Yeah, and you may not necessarily Talk know again. how to get along. Well, you may not necessarily know how to get along right away, but through working together you you learn how to find ways to cooperate and to work together and that's a really important thing to learn to do.
1: Yeah, I think One, people shouldn't be afraid of friendships dwindling in college because you meet so many people. Like, there are people I met and hung out with a lot freshman fall quarter and now I don't see. And, I mean, that's a shame. Like, you want to be friends with everyone, but that's totally normal too and you're going to find your best friends throughout college, not just at the beginning and stay friends the whole time. So I think that's important for people to keep in mind. And then also just putting yourself out there. Like, go to the events that your dorm has, even if it sounds stupid or – go check out this new club, even though you're not sure what you're going to end up doing. Because you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, I had
2: an assignment in one of my, like, exploratory curriculum classes that we had to go visit a cultural club, which as a white female. There's not a cultural club for me. But uh, I went to the Vietnamese Student Association and it was a really good time. I had a lot of fun and there was food and just like doing something that I would never do on my own was was a really good experience. So
3: I think that's good. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I usually see the same four or five faces on a daily semi-daily basis. And I really wish that my circle was a lot bigger. I mean, you don't get tired of seeing people but you definitely don't grow as a person when you stop interacting with more and more people each day and you hit a wall and it's just
0: really frustrating. Yeah, no, I could completely get that. Certainly sometimes what I feel like as an adult. You know, the Halcyon days. The Halcyon also frustrating days of college where you're meeting <laughs> hundreds of people all the time uh-huh. and then you were sorting things through. I think it's interesting, Amanda, that you said like, don't feel bad about losing those <laughs> losing those friends that you had when you were a freshman that first sem- that first quarter or the first semester when you were a freshman, I always used to call those first round friends <laughs> that you're just like, I'm new here, you're my friend now, you're my friend now, and you're my friend now by virtue of location right. uh, and then those people then you do find people you have more in common with and those people kind of fade away mm-hmm. that will happen again when you move cities if you ever move cities
3: I'm tempted to, I'm tempted to go live with my aunt
0: in Portland it's, it's a, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to go, even if you come back to go live in a different city for a while
1: <laughs> yeah and learn a lot about yourself moving away yeah I mean, it is
0: it is a big growing experience <laughs> and then you and you see how how
3: socially adapted you are as well because i I think making friends and talking to people in a city that you aren't too familiar with is a very difficult task, i mean especially even if you've lived in the area, like for example, um I moved to Auburn last June. From Mississauga, and I, I don't talk to anyone there. Auburn's no f- really far away. Yeah, um, I mean, I still make the trip over here pretty daily, just because all my friends are here. But um, I have I have no friends in Auburn, and I live there, um, just because it's really difficult to go put yourself out there and
0: talk to people and make yourself do that. The next layer here is uh, you know, finances, which is something that both <laughs> Miss Connolly and I screwed up royally in college. So. <laughs> What would you say you would, if if teachers could offer you advice on finances, what, you know, when and where to spend money? When do you, when should you spend money? When shouldn't you spend money in college? How do you make money in college, et cetera, et cetera. What would you have me tell seniors? I got four sections of seniors next year. That is a lot of seniors. That's
1: a lot of seniors.
3: Take financial algebra for sure. (laughs) My time with Mr. Lebeco was spent mostly playing Pokemon. Also, I definitely learned how to do my taxes, which is nice and i think and i and i learned how to balance my money so i would know how to do my taxes and all of that which i think is really important because it's one of those life skills that a lot of people don't go out with and i think high school is a great place to learn it especially because you don't necessarily have to manage your finances then mm-hmm.
1: okay as for finances yeah i've always been confused why there is not a like financial planning class in high school or even home ec where you can like take care of yourself and learn how to manage money and
3: cook and so yeah you know know?
1: because like that's something I'm really bad about like I never really had to keep track of my money and spending in high school but like I'm just now like keeping better track of my receipts and figuring out how much I'm actually spending on groceries because like $100 a week for groceries is kind of overboard for one person (laughs) And, like, I don't I don't pay my bills. Like, I'm just now doing that. Like, I don't know how to file taxes. Things like that would be really important to know going into it. Um, especially for people who, like, really do have to pay for, like, their whole college education and everything. For what to spend your money on and stuff. Like, spend less money on going out to eat and doing things like that. And save up for traveling. Because, like, college is probably the best time to go travel. Because you're with a bunch of friends. You're young. You're not married. You don't have kids. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was really glad. My parents kind of instilled in us the idea, like, the value of saving money. So I was really fortunate when I went to college to have, like, a bunch of money in savings. And I I think that's something important also to, like, teach students is the the value of saving their money and of um, kind of stockpiling it away for when you might need it more than the things you want right now. And it's made it a lot easier to have my own apartment, uh, knowing that if I don't quite make my rent money in a month then I can always like pull it out of savings and if I don't you know if I'm a little short on my bills I can pull it from savings and also paying for textbooks I use my savings for that too so and then being able to replenish that when I go back to work full-time over the summer is really helpful
3: yeah as long as you're not paying rent in high school it's really easy to just save every other paycheck you know like if you get paid 200 400 bucks you can that can last a month easily Yeah, because the
2: the other important thing about college is working while you're in school is really, really exhausting. And you may think because in high school, you can you have the energy to go to school all day and then do your after school sports or after school clubs. And then you go home and you do your homework and then maybe you hang out with your friends or, you know, you have time to to be busy for the majority of the day. But in college, there's just there's. Not as much energy for all that and to go from school, which is already exhausting, to work is is a lot harder, so.
1: But I think it's good. I think it's, like, really good preparation for, like, post-college life to work and have to balance all that. Because you're not going to get any less tired. Like that might cause more stress in your schoolwork and stuff, but I also know people that don't work and don't do a lot of extracurriculars and I'm like, you just you literally go to class and then go home and sleep and, or watch Netflix and Netflix is great, but yeah, it's it, really good to learn.
2: It also depends on how many credits you're taking because my freshman year I was taking 23 credits a quarter, Shoot, which is That's a lot. A lot. That is a lot. <laughs> um and so by Kiddos the time too. I would hit the weekend, I I had no energy for anything except to get my homework done, and maybe if I was lucky, go out with my friends. You know, the past couple years, I've been able to cut way down on my credits because I changed my major, and I've been able to work on the weekends. So it's just, it's finding, everyone's different, and it's finding the balance of what works for you and what you can handle and how you can balance everything in your life.
0: Now, May, you mentioned, whew, extra (laughs) verbal sigh, that (laughs) teachers should talk about things like dating. Uh, It's kind of a double question. A, what should teachers tell High schoolers about dating and good God, would they ever listen to us either um, way? Sometimes it's worth just saying out loud so that when things go wrong, then not, not going you can do an I told you so, but you're like, oh, yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> Should have listened to that.
3: Well, I it validates your to, advice. It validates yeah. your advice. Yeah. Um, not just that, but I feel like if a teacher if a teacher does share that sort of stuff, it makes them that much more real in a way because a lot of, often um people just think of teachers as you know somebody just getting paid to go right on a board and you know talk in front of the class but teachers are people who've gone through all the same stuff that they're about to go that you know you're about to go through
0: teachers are people too
3: right <laughs> <laughs> no um i don't know. i think it's um i think it's a really good way to get your class's attention and i think everyone needs to have somebody tell them stuff like that i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be your teacher, but mm-hmm. it's a lot more it's a lot more convincing when it is because your teacher is stepping out of, you know, their own personal bubble and sharing a personal story or something like that.
1: I don't know exactly how yeah. <laughs> directly talking about this would ever come up, but I think teachers should definitely be available for students to talk to if they are going through problems or just want advice. Like I don't think they should feel like it's weird if a student brings that up and wants to listen. I think addressing it to the class would be kind of strange but
3: i mean it happens in passing sometimes yeah i can recall instances
2: i mean i don't necessarily i mean i guess if a student has a specific question and wants to talk about it you know but i don't think teachers necessarily need to talk about dating because i know when i was in high school it was just kind of it wasn't something i wanted to talk about with adults in general and it wasn't something that i wanted advice on because i thought i would I th- like i thought i knew everything and so if someone would try to tell me that i was doing it wrong i was like i would just i'd I didn't want to listen because I thought I knew what I was doing. So I don't know if it's something that that teachers really need to directly address in class. I don't know how many students take that kind of thing seriously. I know I did it in, in high school. So um, and as far as like preparing for college goes, it's it's such a diverse experience um, wherever you go that it's kind of hard to give specific advice. You
3: know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think people should. Oh gosh, I, I don't want to say that teachers should always. Talk about dating and stuff like that. But I definitely think it's important for at least some adult figure to outline what a healthy relationship is like. Because I personally know a lot of people who just weren't or aren't in healthy relationships. And it does take a toll that drags away everything else in your life. And you know, you don't do as well if you're in a crappy relationship with somebody and you're always down and you have no energy.
0: So defining what a healthy
3: relationship should look like. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe in our maybe in a health class or something, you know, like making it more clear Mm -hmm.
2: it actually is good to to bring up um something along those lines because i think so often the school system is focused on like how much knowledge can we cram into these children's heads and like how like how can we make them leave school knowing everything you know they, they need to know all the math and all the science and i think sometimes um the emotional development of um students is overlooked and so i think that's something that teachers need to be more aware of. Maybe take that into consideration too, along with, you know, how many calculus formulas do you know and how much can you study in one day? You yeah. know, yeah. how teachers many hours of homework are you getting? That's a
1: good
0: one. Yeah,
3: teachers are people and students are people too, right? Sometimes. Sometimes we're <laughs> people.
0: Sometimes we're just there and in physicality only, which is understandable. <laughs> like the uh, first week of November. I mean, and like
3: mid march <laughs> i always struggled in a classroom I, I always struggled in a class if i didn't relate to anyone in that classroom mm-hmm. like if i just could not if i if i couldn't intellectually
0: be there with someone else i was just out of that class so for you the nature of the advice other than like defining what a healthy relationship is is secondary to maybe the fact that the teacher is offering advice in the first place
3: yeah right i mean they're going they're going above and beyond what they're getting paid to do, which is, you know, just teach you
0: history or math and actually giving you some solid advice that they've learned. It's so cute that you think uh, m- me theoretically blathering on about my-, my own life is going above and beyond <laughs> and not somehow below.
3: <laughs> I feel like you just need to have one of those days sometimes, though. In seventh grade, I had a, hist- I had a history teacher who we'd have the one day a month. He would just bring in an Xbox 360, well, two, and we'd just play
0: we just played 360. It was great. I'm pretty sure I'd get fired, but it <laughs> <laughs> might be because, I don't know, I, I, I'm i paranoid. Yeah. I like to talk about video games in class, but yeah.
3: Yeah, he was a, he was a veteran, and he would he would talk about uh, stuff like that all the time, and then he would follow through on some crazy stuff he'd say. Huh. Like, I had to kill a man, <laughs> hear pictures? No. More so, um, if eight people get an A on this test, I'll bring in pizza or something like that. Oh, okay. Or right. uh, I mean, that's not that shouldn't be an incentive to do well on the test, but eh. um, I don't know. He was a very strange guy. He, he I think a junior high external motivators are kind of necessary. He got <laughs> there was this kid who wouldn't stop talking in class one time, and not only was the kid harassing other kids in class, he started harassing him, and he said, um, "That's exactly what he said, Kevin. I could throw the stapler at you." And then blame it on PTSD. Wow. And he kept his job.
0: As long as I guess he didn't throw the stapler. No, he, didn't st- he
3: didn't throw the stapler. He just he just mentioned it in passing. Yeah. And then Kevin stopped talking.
0: Wow. I can't say that's that would ever work for me, given my uh, my overall obviously not a veteran, given my doughy-ness-ness. So I guess that takes us kinda of to wind it up here. This is kinda of like a two part question for you guys. What's next? And then what did any aspect of what we did in high school help you with that decision? Or was that something that just came with the college experience?
2: Um, I'm not totally sure where I'm going next and what I'm doing. It's been a bit of a struggle to get to where I am and graduating in March gives me a little bit of flexibility. Um, I'm considering going to grad school uh, for school counseling, but I definitely want to take some time off first and just work for a while as far as like high school influencing my degree or my decision to pursue psychology, I'm not sure if it had any direct influence. I know that things that I struggled with in high school made me curious about how they work and how brains work and how people work and how people interact. And I know that that's why I chose psychology. And um, so, yeah.
1: Um, For me, I'm currently planning to go to grad school as well, but I still have two more years to kind of decide and potentially go into engineering industry instead but I think more recently I've come to terms with the fact that like I don't actually know where I'm going and where I'm going to end up but I think I've become more okay with that Um, because it is really scary to not be sure of maybe what major you're doing or where you're going to be living in a couple years Um, but I think things happen so fast in college and like you change so much like it's gonna something's gonna come up when it when the time comes so as for Pursuing grad school, um, I've always liked school, so I guess that's a natural path, um, but pursuing engineering, I think, I really like math and science, um, and I think it allows me to help people in ways I wouldn't be able to help otherwise. Like, I love service. A lot of the extracurriculars I've done throughout high school, like coordinating events and stuff, have come into play in college, so I definitely want to continue doing that and like project management kind of stuff. Nice.
3: Um, A May.
0: Oh. Do um, you know what? You, you kind of talked about this already, right? You're going to kind of take some time and then go back for writing.
3: Yeah, hopefully, um, the goal for the next. I don't know how long six months at least i would I, i'm assuming it's going to be at least six months is finish my book that i'm writing and then get published hopefully and i mean i was i was definitely really influenced by mr eberhardt and miss henderson at ihs just because both of those sophomore and junior year was really hard for me i had chemistry chemistry with amanda my sophomore year i think yeah yeah it was my sophomore year okay um it was you okay. had yeah, mr lockett no mm-hmm. um they were definitely both there, and I did find writing more as more of an outlet um, my sophomore year. And I definitely did turn to writing more and more. And Miss Henderson was my AP English teacher, and she was great. I love Miss Henderson. <laughs>
0: nice.
3: So hopefully, I can do some book stuff because I mean, even if my novel sort of thing that I'm working on doesn't doesn't really cut through, I'm I'm also pushing for some poetry books.
0: What I've heard is that you know the amount, especially as you're getting started, the amount you write and the amount that gets published is oh, yeah. it gets bigger as you get more established. <laughs> Hang on to the early stuff, and you can always rework the early stuff later on. Unless you're Harper Lee, unless you're Harper
2: Lee, <laughs> yeah, and then you have one book, <laughs>
0: and, and then, then you have, have one-, one good book.
2: <laughs> well, the other one she didn't really publish
3: because it wasn't as good. It was, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't read it. Reading I have it, I read
0: *Go Set a Watchman*.
3: Yeah, reading it, I definitely saw why it didn't get published. I was
2: see to killing to to I kill to a kill mockingbird, mockingbird. That's yeah. how that's how you okay. say it. Um, Is my mom's favorite book Mine of I all time, and she just refuses to read. Go set a Watchman because she's heard such bad things. Yeah, she, yeah.
3: I mean, after reading To Kill Mockingbird, um, I was pretty hyped. I was stoked to see go set to you know read go set a Watchman, see what it was about, and it was just a letdown.
0: I think you have to see it as a draft, yeah. In a lot of ways,
2: because that's what if you're it is. Kind of like
0: curious about okay, what could have would have been next? Let's look at some pre And you have that pre- like this is a preliminary product in mind, then maybe that makes it a little bit better.
2: Yeah, but in the biography of Harper Lee, it mentions that um, she specifically said she doesn't th- didn't think she'd ever write another book after To Kill a Mockingbird because. She said there's no way I can follow that up. That's it. That's that's the peak. So mm-hmm. I don't know how she'd feel about Ghost at a Watchman actually being published.
0: That happened with uh English mm-hmm. teachers forgetting the name of the guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye.
2: Oh J.D. Salinger.
0: J.D. Salinger. He didn't he wrote a couple short stories, but then just kinda never wrote another novel as well. So yeah. it's it's not an unheard of phenomenon. Um I
1: think J. K. Rowling should have stopped after Harry Potter, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, I haven't read any of her other stuff. No, neither Casual Vacancy, or she just did the play.
2: Well, the play wasn't by her. It was based on her books. And her name's on the cover, but it wasn't actually written by her. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Okay. Yeah, J.K. Rowling has so much money.
3: Yeah, (laughs) she got way too much money, and then she... And then she doesn't have to pump out any more actual content anymore, and it's just running off the same stuff. And, I mean, I love the Harry Potter books. I read, I read them, like, once a month at least. Well, not at so least. So there's
0: there's a new collection of the stuff that's, that was published on Pottermore is coming out, like the short stories and stuff. Hype. Yeah, I have no idea what it's going to be. Hype. And then there's another book that's supposed to be pitched back down to children that's coming out as well, with along with the movie, at, like, the same time. Mm-hmm dangerous creatures where
2: to oh, you know, find fantastic, them either. fantastic yeah. creatures and where to find them yeah or whatever it's yeah. like
3: it's like how they published the tales of the beetle bard
2: yeah
3: um i feel like at this point it's just milking it milking the harry potter franchise
2: and I don't even know how much of that is pushed by J.K. Rowling as yeah. much as it's pushed by like her agents and her publishers yeah. and you know everyone who oh, I is mean, involved.
0: Oh mean Whenever dance everybody makes millions every time she puts something out, yeah. it's hard not to have that kind of pressure. So that's why my secret to life is to just really be bad at everything for a really, really
3: long set the time. Bar
2: as low as you can. As you can, oh, And then peak. advice for your high schoolers: set the I bar as really low as I went really late. Can.
3: It's okay. I went from wanting to be a neurosurgeon my freshman year.
2: Oh God. <laughs>
3: to to just wanting to publish a book. I mean, granted they're both very difficult in their own way, I I definitely shifted a lot.
2: If it makes you feel any better, I've wanted to publish a book since I was like eight, so
3: Yeah. Me too. I mean not even eight. I remember writing and drawing some weird comic book so, yeah, story. I wrote thing this fantastic <laughs>
2: story about Tom the Turkey, who was a clown when I was like five. <laughs>
3: wow. It That's was a lot of things to be. <laughs> I had Fox haunted. That was his name. He was he was like fox and then i would watch dragon ball z and i would be really inspired by trying yeah. to just copy it or- and i basically yeah. copy it but i would write him into different situations but um i don't know i feel like writing just dating <laughs> just dragon ball z characters in yeah. everyday situations going to the grocery store yeah no that was that pretty much summed it up i mean yeah. it wasn't i was in third
0: grade when i really wrote that stuff that and- i think the, the- <laughs> looking back and, and judging anything you wrote, I'll be really honest. Looking back and judging anything you wrote through high school or even college, you're going to find is like, don't hold don't hold it against yourself too much. Yeah. Goodness, I do that with stuff I wrote last night. <laughs> there's a lot of perspective that I'd like to say. There's a lot of perspective that you'll get as you're older, but I'm still hoping to come across that perspective any, <laughs> any moment now. Thirty-five. <laughs> Because
2: I did NaNoWriMo my freshman year of college, and I finished. I wrote all 50,000 words in a month, and I was, like, so stoked. And I went back and read it a few months ago, and I was like, oh, oh, no. No,
1: no, 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 no."
0: Yeah, But see, now the garbage is out of the way. Now you can just go straight to the genius.
2: If I can find it, it's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah,
0: you know, poke and prod long enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Well, thank you guys ever so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for coming out to the home studio, otherwise known as my living room with the fan on, uh, and the barking dog, and the flies buzzing around, and all of the things that are kind of... Luckily, I didn't have a car blasting music as it goes by. That's usually something that happens as well. But thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I'm really excited to share this, and thank you guys for helping me kick off Season 2. Yeah,
2: thank you for having yeah, us. Awesome. Thank you.
3: Yeah,